You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. You there? I'm here. Are you there? That's the main thing right now. This is the Gordon Damer Show. This is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Let's all take a nice deep breath. Let's all take a nice cleansing breath to kind of catch our breath after the week that was. And gee, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, huh? What in the world would we ever discuss on this Saturday morning? What would we ever discuss over these next two hours up until 9 a.m. this morning? Gee, I'm not sure. But let's roll anyway. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. That still works. That has not been canceled. That still is up. It's running. You can use it whenever you feel the need. I am on Twitter. That, as of 7.03, has not been canceled, has not been postponed. And how many things can you say that about at this time? At Gordon Damer. So at let's do a little rewind, right, for the week that was. I believe that the, 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 the calendar year, 2020, is 73 days old. Boy, has a lot happened, huh? And not very money, much of it good. You'd be hard-pressed to find the good. But at this time last week, I was not here. I was away on a little vacation. I was away down in Florida. And the last time that we held this time slot, and when we do it in the morning as well, usually I'll start the show off, I had been, you know, counting down the days until the real prime part of the sports calendar year, right? And you can have that conversation. Is it the spring or is it the fall? Is it this time of year when March Madness is ramping up and opening day is around the corner and the NFL free agency and the draft, all those things? Or is it the fall when the NFL is actually back and you got the the football going on and all those type of things? So usually I, I start the show off by, you know, counting the days till Selection Sunday, until opening day, until the NFL draft. And, of course, we now know all that timeline is uh, out the window. No NCAA tournament. The baseball pushed back for a couple of weeks, almost certainly going to be pushed back longer than that, right? Like anybody who thinks that in a couple of weeks we are going to be through what we're through right now, I think is just deluding themselves. And I can say that with a certain level of certainty in a time where there's not any certainty. When you're going through something unprecedented, it's hard to have any certainty about what the next step is going to be when you consider in the last, what, two, three days, how much has changed. And yesterday, it was more of the same. So let's get you some of the latest. Yesterday, we found out that the organizers of the Masters have decided to postpone the tournament for now. Cancellation is certainly a possibility, but at least for right now, they are saying postpone. Now, Jack Nicklaus, the great Jack Nicklaus, came out and said when you consider all that it will take to reschedule, cancellation in his mind would seem most likely. But at least for right now, the term that they are using is postponement. So here is Bob Harrigan on a first take with the decision to, if it does mean canceling the Masters or at least for right now, 
postponing the Masters. The initial reaction is, is this is a good move. If they were going to play it in a month's time, they were looking at having no spectators. It would be impossible to think of playing the Masters without spectators out there. Imagine Tiger winning his 15th major and 5th Masters last year and having nobody there. What made what made that so compelling, and of course makes any Masters compelling, is all the fans that are out there and the and the noise and the, and the roars. And so it looks like they're trying to buy themselves a little bit of time. They did not say when they're looking at playing it. There's a lot to work through there with the with the PJ Tour schedule and all, and obviously the agronomics of Augusta National. Uh, it wouldn't really work there in June. It could work in May. It could work in the fall also. So lots to consider. But now that decision has been made, and now this is five straight golf tournaments uh, on the PJ Tour that are either going to be delayed or or canceled. All right. So there's Bob Harrigan telling you. I, I would kind of disagree with him in the idea of that. You couldn't. It would have been weird. I guess it would be weird to play it without fans, but you couldn't play it. Would take such a. I think if there's one sport that it would not really impact that greatly, if you were to list all the sports that would be played in empty arenas, which one would the feeling impact the most? I would think that golf would be pretty far down on that list, right? Like the 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 spectators. What do they call them? The patrons at the Masters. Yes, of course, it's important to have the cheers of the crowd. I guess for some it's important to have that uh, the, the one guy in the crowd who always shouts, it's in the hole! Could do without that guy. But, no, I, I don't think that that really would impact it as greatly as it would other sports. And, you know, college basketball, if they had been playing the tournament without fans, I think that that would have been a greater impact there, or, or, or the NFL games, or football games in general. So I don't know necessarily that I would agree that uh, the, the, the losing of the fans is is uh, that great of an impact. But no, I mean, it, it's not really even that the Masters organizers really had a choice, right? Like, how could they ever have not postponed it? Now, they could have waited another day or two, but that's about the only wiggle room that they had. The idea that they had somehow come to some forward decision is not real. I mean, come on. The, the entire world is, uh, is being postponed right now. And the decision to postpone it, I think, is the right one because they have some benefits that other sports don't. Now, I think that they, the, the idea of the fans doesn't really impact them as much as others, but they have some really good benefits. A, the Masters you're talking about at one venue, right? Like the NCAA tournament, the reason why you had to cancel that, uh, it's pretty clear. You had 68 teams. Even if you cut it down, you're still going to have hundreds of players, hundreds of personnel flying across the country to all these different arenas. With golf, it's one venue. The organizers pretty much can do whatever the heck they want. If there is another tournament that is scheduled, I would think that they would have the resources to be able to to buy out or pay off or the other tournament to to take that time. It's the number one event in the sport of golf. And they're not restricted like other sports leagues are, but it's impossible to say exactly when that will happen. Here is Michael Collins on Get Get Up talking about the possibility of playing the Masters 
later this year. There would be a way in mid-October for Augusta National to still hold the Masters. This is a winter club. It is not open during the summer. So this club just opens usually in the middle of October and then closes again in the middle of May and stays closed for the summer. But the fact is, if the Masters could... And I'm sure the PGA Tour would probably be pretty accommodating to Augusta National. We could see the Masters played late this year. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, as I said, it's it's a time of uncertainty, so it's impossible to know. Think about how much has changed in the last three days. It's kind of hard to know exactly right now what September is going to look like, but I would think... Of all the things that are being floated right now in terms of possibilities for this league or that league, the idea of playing the Masters later in the year seems more likely than a lot of the other ones. Here's Michael Collins talking about the feeling among golfers about the postponement of the Masters. It just doesn't seem real that we aren't going to be playing golf and that we aren't going to be playing the Masters as scheduled in April. Mm -hmm. Guys just are shaking their heads. One of my friends, Jason Kokrak, said he had been trying for nine straight years to qualify for the Masters, and this was the first one he finally qualified for, and now they're not playing it. Yeah, I mean, on the list of uh, things going on in the world, and I get that for them, the, the people involved, it is a huge, huge deal. But when you talk about things that they can't believe right now, I would think that even if you were playing in the Masters, that would be pretty far down on the list, considering how the world feels right now, how the uh, the coronavirus impact has already had its impact here in the last three, four days. And I guess that's where I'm at. I wonder where you are at this point. Because right now it feels like for some, it feel, you've had your come to Jesus moment and, and now you're just kind of waiting to see how this plays out. But for others, it feels like people are still kind of thinking, ah, a couple of weeks, ah, mid-April. It feels like it's going to be – returning to action I think is going to take a whole lot longer than people are willing to accept right now. Like – the reality of canceling the NCAA tournament is still kind of sinking in, and we're not going to have these games to watch, and we're not going to have any games to watch. But it seems pretty clear as as of right now, and look, I hope I'm wrong, it seems really highly unlikely to me that we're going to be on the other side of this in a couple of weeks or by mid-April or even by May 1st. There's not going to be a moment it doesn't feel like that there's going to be, okay, guys, all clear, let's ramp it all up. It's going to be a long process. So for Major League Baseball, who has only you know put out this idea of a couple of weeks and they'll reevaluate things going on, I think that that's clear that they are going to have to push things back. It's going to be the case for the NBA, who has been, at least right now, been the most forward-thinking of the group by saying, we're talking about a month and then we'll reevaluate. And people are still holding on to things. So I wonder where you are. Do you think we're going to be back and, and, and operational by May 1st? Because I certainly do not. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. And also, a lot of people, it feels like, still are kind of holding on to things. And uh, we'll get into some of that. And it has to do with the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, some people wanting to release a bracket or um, the NCAA toyed with the idea of a 16-team bracket. And now what are the possibilities moving forward for the eligibility of athletes? Do you bring them back? Do you expand the field next year? 
I think a lot of people are still kind of living in delusional world. But we can get into that. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So as everybody's going to be hunkered down here, as we're all going to quarantine, and hopefully one of the things that comes out of this entire thing is that I eventually learn how to spell the word quarantine. Because so far that has not happened. I can tell you that right now. Quarantine is still one of those words that I type in. And a lot of times... Even the spell check is like, what are you trying to spell here, dum-dum? So hopefully that at least happens. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. They are wash your hands, avoid close contact with people who are sick, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth, stay home when you're sick, Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and 98.7 ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Now, of that list, Nikki, we don't know each other all that well. Nikki runs the board during the Saturday morning show. Uh, the list is wash your hands, avoid close contact with people who are sick. I would say, say avoid close contact with everybody. Uh, just shut it down, people. You can't be too careful. Like, <laughs> I better not go there. Close contact with any people. Avoid touching the eyes, nose, mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your sneeze or cough and clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. Which of those do you think I have the biggest trouble? There's one that I have real pro- – I didn't realize until the last like week that I had problems with it. But now it's just continually on my mind. Which one of those do you think is the biggest one? I'm going to say are you touching your eyes, nose, and mouth All the time. I can't imagine – I can't I get over it. how often I have been touching my no- – like my face. Just my face. Not really my nose or my eyes but just my face in general. I don't even realize it. Putting my hand over my mouth, rubbing my beard, touching my forehead. It's constant. And I never knew I was doing it until like a week ago. But some of those should be – I still don't understand why there's runs on toilet paper but not soap. Like at the store, shouldn't people be loading up on soap? And if there aren't, that tells you that either people aren't buying more – that they're buying as much soap as they were buying. Well, why weren't you washing your hands before? Seems kind of odd. But yeah, touching my eyes, nose, and mouth, that one is a, is a tough one. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. We will get to the phones in uh, just a sec. But it feels like, it's almost like the, what is it, the five stages of grief that you go through and bargaining and uh, anger and all these different things until you finally get to acceptance. And there's a lot of things that are popping up right now that tell you that people, I think I'm at acceptance. Like I'm at the level where I'm just hoping that it gets you know, sports resumes, gets out of their self-quarantine quicker than later. But I realize that it's probably going to be longer than it feels right now, or at least as lo- it's going to be longer than it looks like it will be right now. The idea that Major League Baseball, in a couple of weeks, that the world is going to be at a stage where you're going to be able to open up camps and get this thing ramped back up and, and hopefully not lose too much of the season, that seems to be overly optimistic considering how quickly things have spotted. And I'm usually, and overall, I am usually a very positive person. I will tell you, 
Look, there are there are reasons for positivity and positivity in this environment is not going to spread quite as quickly as negativity. Any negative story, given with where people are at right now, is going to be much more headline news than the good news would be. Like the other day, the story was, was it yesterday? Donovan Mitchell had tested positive for coronavirus, obviously had been in contact and close contact with Rudy Gobert. So now there's another person that more than likely got infected by Rudy Gobert. But I took it as good news that he was the only person, at least so far, who's te- – I mean, Rudy Gobert probably has been in contact, close contact, with every member of the team. And yet, so far, at least, only one person has tested positive for the uh, virus. So I took that as positive news. But not everybody is at, is at an acceptance level as of yet. So one of the things that I saw that people are still holding on to is – They should release the bracket. Whatever the bracket was going to be, the NCAA, as a way, I guess, to honor the teams that would have made the tournament, as as if somehow that's going to lessen the news, as if that's going to lessen the pain of a lot of schools, even locally here, Seton Hall, Rutgers, right? They would have been part of the field, haven't been part of the field in a long time. And hoping to win a game that they certainly look like they could have possibly you know, made a little bit noise. It's certainly Seton Hall, which would have been, you know, three seed, four seed at worst. I don't know how that how that helps anybody. I don't think it lessens the pain any. And I think it almost makes it worse. Because then if you're whatever team you're a fan of, you're like, well, you know what? Look at the look at how this thing came out. We would have been able to make the sweet sixteen. We think we, I think we could have made a run. We could have got to a final four. I just think it makes more it more painful and it's not even legitimate, right? Like whatever the – you didn't play any conference tournaments. And the conference tournaments have a major impact on who makes the field, who doesn't make the field. So it just feels like one of those things that people are hanging on to that doesn't really have real – I mean it's not realistic. Even It's realistic to be able to throw 68 teams up on a piece of paper – but you're not going to play the games. You didn't play the games. You didn't go through the normal process to come up with the 68 teams. So it's not real, especially since you're not going to be playing the games, and we know that. Another thing that's been floated, and it kind of ties into the idea, well, why didn't the NCAA just postpone the tournament? Why did they have to, to rule it out right away? Do you know that they already have planned where the Final Four will take place in 2026. Like, they planned these things out years in advance. And to think, given the level of uncertainty we have right now, well, you know what, just postpone it till May 1st, as if that's a realistic option. Think about all that goes into It's probably the most complex sporting event you would among the major ones that we follow. I'm sure somebody will bring up something from Europe or but of the things that we follow on a year-in, year-out basis, you have 68 teams, 68 schools, all the people, not just the players, coaching, the coaching staffs, all the, the, the support staff, the families. You have all those people, all those flights, 14 different venues to be able to think, well, you know, and then the TV partners clearing the time. I mean, all those things that go into it, it was never realistic to be able to say, hey, you know what, we'll just postpone it for a week or two. 
And now one of the ones that's being floated, and at least there's an NCAA panel that has, um, I guess, recommended this or at least discussed it, an extra year of eligibility for athletes. And that in the moment, right, we all want to do the right thing. And it feels like the right thing, right? Hey, these kids – and that's who it's about. It's not about the coaches or, the, or anybody else. It's about the kids who have had this, this opportunity snatched away from them and it's not their fault. It's nobody's fault. But it's one of those things that sounds great, but how realistic is that to do? To go back to school and to think that you'll have the same season that you had this year. What happens with the incoming freshmen? It just seems like there's too many. I guess it's more realistic than postponing the tournament and just rescheduling everything for a couple of weeks down the road. But it feels like one of those ones that everybody's at right now where it's not really realistic. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Let's get some uh, phone calls in here, and we'll go out to, we'll start things off with uh, Jay and Wayne. Jay, what's going on, my man? Good morning, good morning. Um, just uh, one point before I get to my the main reason I called, you know, you mentioned that about the NCAA basketball. I think one reason people want that, uh, maybe that bracket released is to have something at all to talk about in these times, and there's actually nothing to watch. So um, no offense to the shows on ESPN and ESPN Radio, but there's nothing on, so at least that would form a discussion. Um, going back to the Masters, one quick point on that. Um, you know, we the PGA Tour canceled five events in the next four weeks. There are opposite events, so at least the Masters with a field of 90 to 100 players um, is a select field, so they could play it opposite another PGA Tour event. It would just take away from the quality of that other PGA Tour sanctioned events. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, of, of all the, the events that have either been postponed or sports leagues, I would think that the Masters, because uh, it is the, 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 the game's Super Bowl and it's in one place and it, it involves you know, the, the organizers there have control over basically every aspect of it, I think that that's probably the easiest one. It's only a four-day, you know, you can, I know there's other events that take place earlier in the week with the par three and all those things, but you can narrow it down to just the four days of the tournament, and they control every aspect of it. So if you're talking about things that have either been postponed or canceled, which ones will be the least affected and be able to be rescheduled down the road? I would think the Masters probably be one that uh, is the easiest to do. Oh, we've lost Jay. All right. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Our buddy Spike is in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my man? Hey, glad to be able to say hello to you. I want to do a little PSA, public service announcement. I usually try to be a wise guy and get a little laugh out of everybody, but seriously, uh, I think it's important. I know your dad lives out in Long Island somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm compromised. I'm 73. <clears throat> going through an illness, but, uh, so I have others do it for me. But I check on older and younger people. It's uh, a lot of older people live alone uh, for whatever reason, family. Right. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, they need to be checked on. I'm not – it's it's kind of a, uh, a request for the younger people. Um, yeah, everyone's going to miss their sports. 
They even close the libraries because the books come in and out. Who knows who touched them? Right. You know? I mean, you, you think about things on a level that you really never considered before. Absolutely, absolutely. You, you mentioned about touching your beard. I have the habit. We're realizing what we are. We're creatures of habit. Like that, that's for sure. And how many times I touch my nose? My wife's always telling me, stop touching your nose. So she's down in Florida now with visiting someone. The plane was half empty. She sprayed everything on the plane. I got the dogs. Everyone, you know, I call a lot of programs, but I'm asking everyone who's listening, and, and you're a good guy. I've met you a number of times. I'm sure your wife's off now because I think that school district's closed. Yep. Um, just, just check in on someone who you think, if you casually know them, uh, even walking the dogs now, I'm really careful. You know how people are when you walk a dog. You, I don't know how nope. you cho- your get, children get away. are. Get away. Hey. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. So, so they, can I pet the dog? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Uh, I see you can look at them, and uh, I'll tell you if you say this or that, he'll do this or a little trick or something, whatever. So, uh, and that last question, thanks for the time. I have a woman, I'm watching a, a German short hair pointer in a wire head Wheaton now. She left 17 days ago to climb Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. She can't get back. Yeah. She, 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 she's trying to make a connection to go through Europe. That ain't going to work. And it's fine. I mean, I have no problem. The dogs are very easy to care for. Uh, I know they miss her, but uh, I'm trying to make the best of it. So what I'm saying is just whoever's listening, whoever calls any program, just check on someone older or someone younger who's, who you think is in need. A lot of uh, people need a helping hand from anybody. So uh, just just uh, stop touching your beard. Yes, absolutely. I, I, try, I try. I mean, I, I catch myself now more than I did before. Because I didn't even realize it was an issue before, but yeah, touching my face—that is a—that uh, is—that is one that uh, if I put a counter on it over the course of the day, the number would be concerning to me. And uh, Spike raises a couple of issues there that, yeah, from what we know of this illness, it does uh, seem to impact older people, people who are already physically compromised a lot more. So uh, that goes without saying, absolutely. Although you have to be careful sometimes if you check in on people who you think are older and then you tell them that you think that they're older, sometimes they don't like that. They don't like being thought of as being the older person. And in terms of travel, I just wonder, you know, I was away last week, if we had happened to schedule the, the travel for this week. I was sitting with my wife last night and she's she's the planner, she's the... She's the researcher. So she's looking at all the flights. Oh, you know, we could have got the flight for this much now. We could, the, the flight now is, 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 is reduced this much or that much. And I said to her, I said, yeah, how much is the hazmat suit? Because right now, could you imagine getting on an airplane right now voluntarily? It's one thing if you have to do it for work or you have to do it for a specific reason. But you just to do it voluntarily to get into that tube or go to the airport? Woof. Not something I think most people would voluntarily do. And it's not like one of those experiences that's generally all that fun to begin with. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Ty, you weren't in the uh, control room. You were uh, off uh, gallivanting with other things about that I didn't realize that I touch my nose and my face and my eyes. Certainly my face, not maybe my nose or my eyes, but my face I am constantly touching. You know what else I did not know until this uh, little thing has popped up and everybody, the world has changed? What's that? How many companies I have given my email address to? Has this happened to you? Over the last, I would say, two or three days, 
I have gotten so many emails from companies telling me how they are attacking the coronavirus. <laughs> you sign up for so many Trampoline parks. Well, we're dealing with this sandwich shops, tire shops, accountants. Don't worry. I'm not going to any of you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to work, and I'm basically doing it in a hazmat suit, and I'm going home. Proper protocol. Proper protocol. I'm not going to the trampoline park. I don't care if you, instead of jumping into those foam balls, you jump into a, a vat of Clorox. I'm not going there. And I raise the possibility, and it's, this is sad, but you think about all the companies that are going to be impacted by this clearly. You have to think the cruise line industry is just going to be devastated by this. Oh, absolutely. And I, I was talking to one of my friends yesterday about, you know, Disneyland, Disneyland and Disney World shutting down those parks. Yeah. And I know you are, you and your family uh, are. I love uh, it. Yeah. And we could, I mean, just as easily this year, we could have probably planned a trip to, we went last year, but it's just luck of the draw somewhat. And you, you schedule these trips so far out in advance. And, you know, when you have a wife like mine who's doing research, <laughs> I think she's doing research for the Olympics right now. The, the, you just do that's what you do. And, uh, yeah, it's going to take a while for those things to kind of get back up and running. And some things are are less likely to be impacted, I think, long term. But, uh, no, this is you don't know all the tentacles of this. But I did notice that yesterday, the amount of companies that are emailing me. Out of the blue, hey, by the way, Gordon, and they always get Gordon, not even Mr. Damer, their first name basis with us. <laughs> they feel comfortable they with feel the relationship com- that you guys have developed. They feel comfortable a little too quickly. Do you respond back to these emails? No, they're not. you don't respond to them. You immediately delete them and think to yourself, when, when did I ever go there? <laughs> what was the circumstances that I was not giving the phony email address? You ever do that? Like yeah. they ask for an email address and you – yeah, it's Gordon Damer 75432. But then they say this email address does right. not exist. Ah, enter. You just keep hitting enter. Eventually it gets through. Then you put your wife's one in and everything gets emailed to her. She's the researcher, right? All right. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. And by the way, I said we're going to have our net picks and chills pick uh, a big long segment of it in the next hour. I actually think – and feel very confident that the one of the positives, like nobody's talking about any positives at all because it is such a scary time. I feel like the coronavirus will almost certainly guarantee an 11th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. There are too many storylines. There are too many aspects that I feel like Larry – and I actually had one happen to me this week. I was scheduled Monday to go to jury duty. And like all week long, I'm thinking to myself, how do I go to jury duty with this thing going on? And then they cancel jury duty. I feel like that is a prime piece of real estate for Curb Your Enthusiasm, which has been outstanding. Such a huge bounce back, phenomenal season 10 that I feel like now that there's almost – it has to be a season 11. See, I haven't too watched – material not for him to use. I haven't watched a single episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ever? No, ever. But oh. – with all the talk about it, how do we how do we even talk to you? Yeah, it's embarrassing. With all the talk about it lately, I am going to hop on that wave. I feel the same way though about how to get away with murder. I know, I know, you're not a fan oh, of that, God. but what a tremendous how, how do you get away series with that is. On my show, that's what we should be saying. Do you think that we're going to start to see like these industries start to push up? Um, release dates for some of these uh, for some of these shows. Well, I know that they came out and said that there's no plans to do it right now, but. 
this is one that impacts ESPN directly. It was what around Christmas time that they put out the preview. Michael Jordan, the Michael, the Bulls documentary, the ten. I mean, it's a ten-part documentary series, talking to every single person: Jordan, Pippen, Phil Jack, every person who was basically involved that they can talk to about the the Chicago Bulls run. Rodman, everybody. And you would think that that would – I know now it's not supposed to come out until I think June 1st. That would seem to be – I would think it would be done, right? It would have to be – at least the, the opening parts of the documentary would have to be finished. It would seem like that would be a prime thing. Hey, every Tuesday night, you know, or every Wednesday – I don't know what's a good night to put it on, but – that would seem like a prime thing to be using in that in that time for a time slot, and, and you think that you would get more. I think the reason why they scheduled it for June was NBA Finals. Yeah, during up the finals, they're not going to be wrapping up at, at this point now. So I would say, like I say about all the sports, be, be better to be proactive than reactive. Proactive Tuesday night, boom! Think about all the eye. Everybody be watching that. And I think whenever it airs, everybody's going to be watching because it looks like it's it's superb. But I think for sure that that's one that they have to be moving up. But yeah, I think that you're right. I think that a lot of people and the, the people who are shareholders of Netflix or uh, Hulu or Disney Plus, I think all those people are going to be uh, celebrating quite well. And speaking about the Jordan series, we might get to a point where we're so desperate for content, actual shows are reacting to these documented, like, you know. Uh- yeah, well, to look, some degree, we're yeah. not, not hitting you heavy like hard news, but to some degree talking about it, discussing it, just because, like I said, we're so desperate for, for material. Yeah. I, I don't know that we'll be desperate for material. I mean, I know I don't do the, the shows that other people do uh, in terms of hours. You know, I do one hour in the, the morning that is, is it's tough to get enough stuff. It's not tough to get the, the stuff into the show. It's tough to not – you're always trying to squeeze more and more stuff in because you only have the hour. And this is only two hours, which is obviously double the time. But still, there's always stuff that we end up – as soon as I walk out of here every single week, I think – you know, we text each other and I don't know why because you keep bringing up how to get away with murder. But I do. I text you anyway and I say, ah, oh, we forgot. We, didn't, we weren't able to get this in. We weren't able to get that in. So it's tough. But um, I don't think we're going to be hurting for material. I, I think that this just kind of opens you up to other things like – Net Picks and Chill, which will be coming up in the second hour of the show, if I can promo that. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. So we kind of touched on the NCAA part of this. We've not touched on the NBA part of this, which got it all started. And I do think that people are getting a little carried away talking about the NBA being proactive. Now, look, they handled it in the best way possible. And I'm not one to to, to criticize too harshly because – I think that everybody it's, – it's funny because on Wednesday, if you polled most people and said, hey, do you think the NCAA tournament's going to be canceled as a result of this? People would have thought you were nuts, including myself. But then obviously the thing happens with Rudy Gobert and that's the moment where the whole sports world changed. I think not just the sports world but the, the real world and a lot of people who follow sports – all of a sudden, it dawned on them, myself included, wait a sec, this is different than than how it felt before that announcement. So I don't really think that the NBA was necessarily proactive as much as they were reactive. Like, what else could they possibly do? They had a player test positive. You have to shut it down. And we brought this up on the, on the, on the morning show that as soon as one – and again, I was not somebody who said, you know, cancel – 
uh, when the what was it the the Ivy League canceled their tournament. I thought you know that might be a little bit of a panic move there. Why not just postpone it for the time being and see how things are, are developing? But then as soon as the Rudy Gobert thing happens, obviously you you feel a whole bunch different. So, but the NBA they didn't have any other choice. As soon as a player tests positive, now the surprising aspect to me was not that a player tested positive. It was at a time where you had basically at that point like 1,200 people in the entire country had tested positive. Now part of that is that the, the testing is so hard to get done right now. But that you had a, a part where tw- only 1,200 people in the entire country had tested positive and he was one of them ones. And then as soon as that happened, obviously everything uh, everything changed. So Major League Baseball, they had their say, which was not really surprising that, that it actually took place after the NBA and after college ba- – after, after all these other entities. They've decided to push things back and that um, at least right now they're looking at April 9th, which is almost certainly going to change. Now, I get it. They don't have to say right now we're canceling up and let's see how it plays out. It's going to be much more open-ended. It's not like the NCAA tournament, which it would be impossible to kind of reschedule all of that. So pushing it back for now is fine as long as everybody realizes there's basically no chance that April 9th is a realistic start time. Here's Jeff Passan on Get Up on the April 9th uh, start date. From everybody that I speak to, players executives, officials, people at the union, the answer is no. And if there is baseball on April 9th, something went really, really well across the country. But the expectation at this point among almost everybody is that we're not going to see baseball until May. Now, baseball bought itself a little bit of time by saying we're going to suspend things for two weeks and reevaluate. But as we saw yesterday, the reevaluation can happen instantaneously. And it's like Dan said, the news cycle here and the decision making matrix is moving so quickly that the idea that we know what's going on two hours from now, let alone two weeks from now, just is not the case. All right, and here's Buster only about uh, may not see any baseball until May. Most of the teams I speak with, they agree that uh, you may not see baseball until May. Last night, the state of Illinois, for example, announced that they're going to uh, work to restrict uh, large crowd gatherings of more than 250 people. That, of course, would affect the Chicago White Sox, the Chicago Cubs. Other teams are going to be affected in this way. I'm guessing when when Buster's saying about May, you would have to think that like if that long of a layoff and considering when it started, you're going to have to basically restart spring training or maybe not restart, but it's certainly there's going to have to be an adjustment period. You can't just go into the season after nobody's done anything for a period of weeks. So I would think that and maybe this is me being negative in the moment because of all the news being negative in the moment. I would think that right now, June 1st, if you could sign for June 1st, I would absolutely sign for that right now for the start of the season. Because even that seems like it might be a little optimistic. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. It's funny to me because a lot of people have asked me, uh, oh, what are you going to talk about? There's no sports anymore. No, this has actually opened up more issues. And I generally like issues over, you know, a specific game situation. There's only so long you can talk about most game situations where issues are much more forward thinking much more open to interpretation so you have the nba uh and we talked about the possibility of the season now being pushed back and the, the possibilities there people have brought up you know if the season does 
extend into August. What about the possibility that the Brooklyn Nets could get Kevin Durant back, could get Kyrie Irving back? Could they be wherever they end up being seated? Could they be a sleeper pick for the NBA title this very year? I would find it hard to believe, given the level of uncertainty and and, and given the level of wherever the NBA season does resume, assuming that it does, that a team with the financial investment in Kevin Durant that they have, that they're going to say to themselves, hey, let's rush this. You know what I mean? Like they already decided they're going to give him this entire year off. So even if it means that the year extends longer than they thought, I think the proper course of action is let's let's wait until we get through the year. We don't even know who the coach is going to be after this season. And then when whoever Kevin and, and Kyrie want to be the head coach gets in there, then that's when you start to ramp that up. I think that that's a, a better course of action than the one that they'll end up taking. Major League Baseball, of course, they have questions about how do they get these games in. It's been floated. Maybe you play doubleheaders. Again, it's impossible to know. think about where we were on Wednesday and where we are now. To have any hard, firm decisions or be able to, to make predictions on firm, hard decisions that are going to take place in a week, two, month from now, whenever that is, it seems a little far-fetched right now with the level of uncertainty that we've had. Now, the NFL, the one that uh, it's not as negative to me, and usually the CBA stuff does not interest me all that much. But now, given the fact that the, the offseason could be impacted by the vote that is, is what is it, finalized tonight at like midnight, that's one that you kind of need right now, right? Like, it's, it's, it's all well and good that things are going to be changed, and the draft, which was scheduled for Las Vegas, certainly is not going to look the same. Uh, when it, if it does take place on April 23rd, but that's an event in terms of the draft, the actual picking of the players that could take place without the, the pomp and circumstance that you would usually have of thousands of people all crowded into each other. And I know that people think that, well, if they just do it through a conference call, that it will, will, uh, not be as fun. I don't know. It kind of gets back to when I, when I first started getting into the draft. Like if you go back and look at like the 1980s, it did not have nearly the pomp and circumstance, and you know what? I didn't need it, and I don't need it now. So if it means that it is scaled back, it's still the NFL draft, and I'm still going to be interested no matter what form it takes. And if it means that it's a pick that's announced through a conference call that then gets announced on TV, and it's just a couple of people analyzing the player that was selected for that team, I'm okay with it. I'm all right with it. So that's among the headlines. And, of course, yesterday you had the Masters being at least postponed for now. And one other story that's kind of popped up, and it's not really gotten the attention that probably it should. First, I think, was it first Giannis came out and said that he was going to be um, covering some of the expenses of, of the arena workers who are, you know, thousands of people are going to be impacted by this because businesses are going to be impacted by this. And among them, NBA arenas, NHL arenas baseball stadiums and the people who work at them and draw paychecks from the events. And if the events don't take place and if they end up getting canceled, those people are going to be out the money. Now, maybe Kevin Love was the first one to Kevin Kevin Love Love was was the the first first one. one. Blake Griffin came out, said that they're going to pledge one hundred thousand dollars of their own money to help employees at the home arenas who are temporarily out of work. Indefinite hiatus for right now. Zion posted on Instagram that he'll cover the salaries of arena workers at the Pelicans Smoothie King Center for the next 30 days. 
And Giannis has come out and, and pledged a certain amount of money as well. Why are they the ones responsible? It's it's great that they're doing it, and every little bit helps. I'm sure $100,000 only goes so far, so if there's more people involved, I mean, what what are the... What are the owners of those teams doing? Shouldn't they be the ones who are responsible for picking up the paycheck? If, if it's not the complete thing, at least enough to help people kind of bide their time while they are on this indefinite hiatus? I think a lot of things that have taken place here over the last week or so have been not just about doing the right thing or being forced to do the right thing, but also the optics of the situation. Now, maybe this is one that is kind of fallen down on the radar because there are so many more pressing things in the immediate to answer questions and the the unanswerable questions right now of how this thing is going to play out. But if if this situation does eventually get resolved and by then the owners of the individual teams have not stepped up to the plate, well, they deserve all the criticism that they will receive. We'll get, I guess we can give them a little bit of a pass so far because there are pressing things going on that I'm sure that they have to be concerned about, but it, they don't get that long of a pass. If, if something hasn't popped up by this time next week, they will uh, certainly be, I think, getting crushed for it. one 800 SPM 1-800-919-3776. right, let's squeeze some more calls in here. Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm hanging in. You're hanging in? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, guy, are you ever going to be able to spell quarantine? I don't know. Not sure. Can't can't make any promises right now. <laughs> oh man, listen. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy. I didn't really think. Um, you know, like not having sports was really going to like affect me that much. I just kept seeing league after league being canceled. But I mean, today it would have been a day that I got to see two more XFL games, and you know, even just um, watching the basketball game last night, there should have been another game, and. It kind of sucks that because you do find yourself wondering what are you going to do with those three, two, you know, four hours. Um, and also, it's also relieving that you can actually hear like someone like Spike calling in and they're actually being um, proactive about about things. You know, I'm, I'm glad people are actually finally taking this seriously. And, you know, hopefully people can understand that they need to like help each other out. And you're right. The owners should be the ones in the NBA to like literally help their employees. But, you know, sometimes people have good nature, and Giannis seems like a guy that he's like that, and so is Kevin Love. So they, they feel that they need to, to help. But I believe it's also the Hawks, the owner of the Hawks, actually came out and said that, that he's going to cover the salary I, for the employees. I, I don't want to say this because I'm not positive of it, but I believe that the Knicks also have said something along those lines. Ty, can you look on that and, and see if James – I'm almost positive James Dolan, who does not get a lot of, uh, of, of uh, positive <laughs> attention a lot of times – but a lot of times is doing things behind the scenes with the, the Garden of Dreams Foundation, a lot of those things. I believe that he is also one who has come out and said the, the same thing. Uh, not that he said it, but I believe it's been announced that way. Well, I mean, that's good. Also, um, about baseball, if they're still worried about uh, getting all their games, um, they should just kind of just pick up the, the league year wherever it starts. You know, whatever game's lost, is lost. I mean, I, I know everybody's always trying to get as much money as possible, but eventually playing doubleheaders – Back to back to back, it's gonna yeah. Back to back. Well, look, it's a collectively bargained situation, Lewis. So I'm sure that the the players' union, whenever it does look like uh, we're getting closer to ramping things back up, I'm sure they're going to have a say on it as well. But it's kind of tough to say. It would seem kind of ridiculous that you're going to be playing doubleheader. Nobody wants doubleheaders. Like the idea that we need to go back to a time where there were Sunday doubleheaders. 
I have a life to live. Like who who has time to sit at a ballpark for for what eight hours and just watch baseball? You know, I got plants. I got to feed them. You know what I mean? Like I have a pet at home. I have too much stuff in my life, and to think that they're going to do double headers every single week to kind of make up that time. I think that it clearly, as we sit here right now, it, the season is going to have to be shortened in some way. Maybe you will extend the season some, but there's not that much wiggle room. It's pretty clear that the baseball season is going to have to be shortened. How much of it is shortened remains to be seen because we don't know what the situa- how the situation is going to play out. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Because the games are being canceled right now and the seasons might be postponed for a bit or canceled or the NCAA, the NCAA tournament's not going to happen. It's just ridiculous. Guys, we're going to have stuff to talk about and it, it will just open up new avenues and new topics that maybe we didn't discuss before or didn't think about before, but we're absolutely going. The world is not going to end. Sports are not going to end just because we don't have games to watch in specific nights. Trust me, there will be things to fill the void. One of them brought up by Adrian Wojnarowski, was it yesterday? I'm not sure if this was, I think this was Sports Center, where he talked about the frustration that some jazz players have expressed over the way that Rudy Gobert initially handled his illness, which we now know turned out to be coronavirus. There's a lot of frustration in that locker room about how this played out, and it is going to be a challenge for the Jazz moving forward. Now, he did point out that the Jazz has very good leadership, so he doesn't think that this will be an issue long term, and it's probably just as well that right now they're not playing games because if they did, this issue might be more on the forefront, and by the time they do get back, maybe there's a little water under the bridge. But I will say, I would say we're about two weeks away from Nick fans floating out the possibility, we got to trade for Rudy Gobert. It's only a matter of time before Nick tra- Nick fans get on that train. But speaking of things to fill the void, we do it every Saturday. This Saturday, we are doing a very special expanded edition. Now, Monday on the Gordon Damer Show. Now, we had already planned to do this anyway because the NCAA tournament. We are having, we will start to unveil the bracket for the most rewatchable movies of all time. I have been compiling the list of 64 movies. And you think 64 sounds like a lot. It's not. It is very difficult to narrow down all the all the time that we have wasted as men generally rewatching the same stupid movies at 1:30 in the morning when we should be going to bed because we got to wake up at real early in the morning. It's hard to narrow down all those movies down to only 64. And I made the mistake yesterday. I wanted my wife's help. She's much more of the technical person. I'm the idea man. She's the nuts and bolts. I asked her opinion and help to kind of put together the technical bracket, how it will look on Twitter or social media. She took that as a sign to start to influence the movies themselves. And her movies are not the same as my movies. And I can tell you her movies are not the same as your movies. So I hate to break it to her. There will be no bridesmaids. There will be no mean girls. As many times as she watches them and as many times as she said it was ridiculous that they're not. So anyway, we will unveil that on Monday. But Saturdays, we always, and I hit the microphone across the room. On Saturdays, we always do net picks and chill. And our net picks and chill this week, let's start with all the different possible ways that you can consume television. 
Let's start with HBO. HBO, I believe, is free this weekend. Is that right? Somebody's told me that I think that there's some sort of thing where you can get HBO. Maybe I shouldn't be spreading false information. I know Brian, my producer during the week, he said that he had a free preview this week. I don't know if it was specific to him. But if you have HBO, many wonderful options there. Among the, And look, if HBO is not already free, get on the ball, guys. I mean, this is the weekend to give people the free preview. Everybody's going to be locked in their homes, coast to coast. HBO, many great things that maybe float under the radar. Obviously, you have Curb Your Enthusiasm, which everybody talks about, and you, you could certainly watch that. But there are a couple of very good documentaries that they have done in the past, I would say six months. The best one, I think is titled The Inventor. It's about Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of the the company called Theranos, which looked like a company that was going to revolutionize blood testing in home. And it turned out to be, at least as it seems now, a complete hoax. And the high-level people, big-name people that got sucked in to that story. Fantastic documentary. It's called The Inventor. There are three other ones, which might be a little bit more heavy, and maybe you don't want heavy right now. (laughs) I got all the heavy I need, Gordon. I don't need any more heavy. But if you are looking for something a little uh, more on the heavy side, you could go with I Love You Now Die. That is one of the documentaries. It's about a case in Boston. Uh, If you look, you can preview it. I'm not going to get into each one. Who Killed Garrett Phillips is another fantastic documentary, kind of a a one that kind of details a a case where it's a a real mystery. And then there's Going Clear, which is a a kind of a takedown of Scientology. So those three other documentaries. I do not have Hulu, but if you do happen to have Hulu as one of your streaming devices, I will tell you there is a fantastic show that most people have never heard of in their life. And it is called Terriers. And it is available on Hulu. It was an FX show probably about five years ago, Buddy Detectives, funny, interesting, only one season. But so many times we talk about TV shows, do they stick the landing? Does the landing come off? Does the ending come off well? Right? Game of Thrones, a disaster of an ending, which makes the, the entire show just unwatchable now going back in hindsight. This show sticks the landing fantastically. Amazon Prime. There's a comedy called Catastrophe, which has not gotten a lot of attention of some of their other shows. Laugh Out Loud Funny. You'll run through it quickly. I think they have three seasons, but some of the seasons are like only 25 minutes long. So you can really rip through those pretty fast. Very funny. Disney Plus, if you're looking for something on Disney Plus, there is a documentary series called The Imagineering Story. It's about the uh, people who put the ideas uh, of Disney into practice, either rides or attractions fantastic. The footage is amazing. They have footage of when Disney World was just basically swampland. Fantastic. And then you have Netflix, which is a lot of people's go-to. Narcos Mexico Season 2 is out. Slow burn at least to start, but it's always you always get done with it and say to yourself, no, that was really, really good. Uh, Long Shot is a documentary on there, which is fantastic and, and really takes some strange twists and turns. The Staircase is a is a documentary series, American Vandal, Abducted in Plain Sight. These are ones that we have uh, suggested before. Uh, the Bodyguard is fantastic with the guy who was uh, Rob Stark on uh, Game of Thrones. I don't know what the actor's actual name. And uh, Broadchurch. And there's another one. If you're looking for something sports-related, on Netflix there is one called The Battered – I can't use the exact title. The Battered, I will say, Bees of Baseball, which is a fantastic story as well. So 
There you go. There are our expanded choices for net picks and chill. And maybe I'll post these up on Twitter after the show is over if you if you ran through them too quickly. And you can have something to keep you and your lady friend occupied tonight as you spend more family time, whether you want to or not. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.